0: Welcome to Living the Bible Together. This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Church, internationally headquartered in Columbus, Ohio, located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship here online Sundays at 11 a.m. We celebrate communion on the first Sunday of each month. Our Bible study is on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. For additional information, log on to livingthebibletogether.org. Join us here weekly as we're Living the Bible Together through education, missions, and ministry. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Let us bow our heads. God, we thank thee and we praise thee for all that thou hast done for us, thy love, thy peace, thy great joy. We ask now, Lord, that thou continue to let thy arms be about us, that we might walk after the way of Christ. Continue to give us the wisdom to love you and one another. Give us the strength to go therefore and teach all nations and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, that we might teach them to observe all things, ever reminded that you are with us even until the end of the world. We thank thee and we praise thee in the precious, the wonderful, the great name of Christ. Amen. This morning, as we delve into and pontificate Matthew chapter 14, the latter verses, we can notice that in the former verses, in the preceding verses to those that we are using today, beginning at verse 22, going to verse 30, we can realize that Jesus begins this particular chapter. Uh, With the compassion that befalls the multitude as Christ has fed the 5000 and now the disciples have collected the 12 full baskets of fragments. And Christ has compelled them to go to the other side while Christ remains separated and apart. Remember, he was moving forward to this isolated place, this place where he could be alone. He was moving toward that uh, when, the, when the multitude chased on foot in order to receive the blessing that comes from Christ. And so he allows the multitude to be seated. His compassion befalls them, and he feeds the 5,000. After the feeding of the 5,000, now that the multitudes have been sent away, now that they have been filled, uh, the inner circle come together, the disciples come together, and Christ instructs them to go to the other side while he goes off to a quiet place. And so the disciples, and I must remind you that most of the disciples, many of the disciples were fishermen. This was their expertise. This is what they understood and knew. He told them to go to the other side. And so the disciples, they get into a ship and they began to sail. They began to journey. They're moving forward. And the text tells us that the wind, the waves began uh, to become a little disturbed, a little violent, if you will. Here are experienced fishermen out on the sea, experienced fishermen that uh, cannot control the waves and the wind. They're out there and their skills are able to meet the match of the, the waves and the wind. And yet there are times when the elements get out of control and even fishermen who I experienced are unable to uh, complete the task that they've been called to do. That's why there are boats at the bottom of the sea. And so on this particular day, the waves and the wind, they they become a little agitated and the, the disciples are out there and Christ has been in this quiet place for a while. But, but nightfall comes and they're out there on the sea. It's after dark. And you know, if you've ever been out on the sea after dark, you can't see anything. It's, a, it's, it's kind of an eerie kind of thing to look out and only see the waters, only hear the waves. And here on this particular night, these fishermen were out on the boat, out on the ship in the midst of the sea. Now, now let me remind you that we're not talking about a cruise ship. We're not talking we talking about Norwegian or carnival. We're not talking about cabin service. We're not talking about elegant, elegant kinds of dinners. We're not talking about uh, boats that are, are, are manipulated by technology. We're, we're talking about just a regular old ship back in Jesus day and the sea has become agitated. It's now nightfall, it is the middle of the night, and they see a figure walking toward the ship that they become afraid because they believe that these that this is a spirit that is coming, and they become afraid, and out of the midst of the darkness and out there on the sea, as the waves are moving, and as the as the wind is agitated, they hear the voice of Christ telling them to have cheer because it is I. He says, I'm the one that's out here. You can be cheerful and not fearful. And so this morning, for just a few moments, let's think about how we can have cheer and not fear when Jesus is there. Now, now these disciples, they, again, were fishermen, some of them, and they had the expertise and Christ has now told them to go to the other side, to go to the other side, but go and I'll catch up. I'm not coming with you right now. You go to the other side. I wonder this morning, if there any folk listening who've ever had a task, who've ever been challenged by God and you felt like the Lord was sending you out by yourself? You you felt like you uh, had uh, this opportunity and you thought God was going to give you more instruction. Or, or perhaps that you could be on the other side of that. Everybody doesn't embrace humility in their thinking when God gives a, a, a directive. Yet there are some of us who become very prideful and we believe that whatever God has called us to do, that we are qualified to do it. And we began to think with our human imaginations, believing that somehow we are superior enough to do something because we've been trained, because we've got the skills, because we came from the family. Uh, there was the sons of fishermen out there on the water. There were guys out there that understood the water. These were young men, powerful, strong, and they were being challenged by the waves and the wind. Oh, I wish you could see where we're going here. Uh, some of us think that our human skills, because the, the world has titled us to be good at something, that somehow or another we can still operate outside of the power and the presence of God. Oh, I wish I had somebody here this morning. The, the fact is Christ is is off alone and you uh, are going going to the other side by yourselves. Yes, you've got your skills and and maybe you've done this uh, many, many times and you know how to do these things, but without God, there is no certainty of our success. I wish you could get this. There is no certainty of our success without the Lord being in the mix of every single situation in our lives. When we decide to go to the other side, when we get in the ship, when we sail out on the seas, we can go with our skills and our knowledge and our humanity humanity, and we will never be uh, completely successful without the presence and power of God. But but then notice that they're out there on the sea, and they are fishermen, and they know what they're doing, and yet uh, they still are disturbed and alarmed when they see not only Jesus on the water, but this is the one that they've been walking with. How could you not notice the power and the presence of Jesus? Oh, don't you get so funny on me and act like uh, they were wrong because of how they saw things and how they became afraid, because how many times have we become afraid of the movement of God in our lives. We've looked out into the darkness, into the deep, and we have seen Christ coming toward us and become fearful because we don't know what God is doing. Oh, I wish you would just tell the truth that sometimes where we get bothered because we don't know what God is doing. But let me remind you that God's ways are above our ways. God's ways are as far as the east is from the west than our ways. And so there are times when God shows up and he is there in the mix and we become afraid because we don't know we don't know what to expect next. But aren't you glad today that the Lord talks with us? I heard somebody say, I came to the garden alone while the dew was yet still on the roses. And Jesus walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. There's some scary situations in this world and there are some things that sometimes can upset you. The waves and the, the, the winds of life began to blow against you. And yet we become fearful in the presence of God. But God's voice comes to, to, to give us comfort and to give us cheer. Uh, Christ says here uh, to, to be cheerful, not to be afraid. The, this word cheer, as he uses it uh, in its Greek context, it, it tells us that we need to be encouraged. The, the word fear that he uses here in the Greek context is a form of the word phobia. Uh, you know how we are afraid of certain things. He's telling them uh, to to renew your mind in some ways. Uh, Stop being so phobic. Stop being so afraid. Stop being so scared of everything. Don't don't you know the one who has just fed 5,000? Don't you know the one who has healed the sick? Don't you know the one that has given you wisdom uh, from on high? Don't you know that one? Uh, Sometimes in our lives, we all want to act like we know so much about God, and yet we're afraid when God truly, shows up in our lives. Mm. Sometimes it is also difficult to understand how God can be working in our lives while at the same time we're being agitated by the waves and the wind of life. Mm. I I wish you would just say amen this morning that sometime in your life you can't understand how God can be present, but at the same time adversity can. Some of us think that just because we've joined the church, just because we believe in Jesus, just because we drink the communion, that somehow life ought to come without waves and wind, but there are times when Christ shows up in the midst of our waves and our wind, in the midst of our trials and our troubles. Somebody ought to thank God just because you know that God will show up even when the wind and the waves have become agitated. The boat is rocking and reeling for sure, and Jesus is walking out on the water. Don't be afraid. Be of cheer. It is me. It is Jesus that has shown up. Don't don't be afraid. God is here. No matter how the waves, no matter how the wind, no matter what it looks like, just be all right. It's all right. Renew your mind. Stop being so phobic. Stop judging everything in the future by the things that have happened in the past, because you do know that God can do a new thing for us. Not not for him, because God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. But a new thing for us, a thing that we've never seen before, because God can make a way out of no way. But you can be cheerful and not be fearful, because when God is in the thing, doesn't matter about the waves and the wind. The weatherman can report the climate, but Jesus, God controls the weather. God makes the climate. And so when we've got God in our presence, in our midst, we can be cheerful and not fearful. So then Peter uh, wants to walk out with him. And after Peter uh, hears, you know, Peter is the one who oftentimes is, is, is questioning things. Peter is the one that is inquisitive. Peter is the one that uh, has this relationship that is so deep with Christ to, to want to understand and to want to be close. And yet many times he's so far away. And so Peter says, if that's really you out there, then let me walk out on the water too. Peter wants to walk out on the water. Peter wants to be like Jesus. You know, uh, that's a wonderful thing to want to be like Jesus, to see uh, the Lord in uh, your presence and want to be there with him to do the things that Christ has done. I think and believe that one of the reasons that Peter is so prominent in the text is because even with his faults, he still has his eyes on Jesus. Doesn't mean that he's always focused, doesn't mean that he's always looking at him, but it does mean that there is a relationship. I say that because throughout the text, we can find from David to Peter that there have been flawed people in the text. In fact, I would tell you that all of them are flawed except for Jesus. As we look in the church, as we look at each other in our families and in our world, all of us are flawed. We can point the finger at this one and that one, but the fact is each and every one of us has some issues, and yet Peter wants to be like Jesus. That's where I want to be. I want to be like the one who walks out on the water. I want to identify with Peter and say, Lord, if it's really you. Can can I get involved too? I I heard the song say, Lord, whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. Peter is there on the boat saying, Lord, whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. Because Peter says, I want to get out there on the water. I wonder, is there anybody here today who wants to get out on the water? You want to do what Jesus does. You want to get out there and love the world and heal the world and bring peace and joy in the midst of trials and tribulations and struggle. You want to symbolize and show that God is yet alive and has blessed me, woke me up this morning, started me on my way. I'm not afraid. I'm cheerful because Jesus is in the situation. We ought to be glad and want to be like Jesus. So Peter steps off the boat, steps down off the boat and steps on the water. He's looking at Jesus. And for a moment, Peter is walking on the water. Good God everybody, Wouldn't wouldn't that be a blessing? Wouldn't that be a great joy? I, I don't know. Here it, it says that when 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 Peter noticed this boisterous wind, he he started to sink. I, I don't know. I think I probably would have been sinking because I'd have come out there shouting because it'd been so good just to feel your feet walking on the water as if it were concrete. God can do whatever God wants to do to change the very property of water or either to change our property to make us walk on the water. That's a blessing to know that we can do what Christ does. There are times when we may be there for a moment and then just like Peter, Peter uh, takes his attention off of Christ as the, as the, 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 the belligerent wind, as the waves began to take his attention. He takes his attention and he focuses it on the boisterous winds. These boisterous winds—they—they they got his attention. He—he he let the loud person in the room get his. Attention! He, he, he let the boisterous winds get his attention, just like so many of us allow the boisterous winds to get our attention, that the boisterous winds that come out of somebody else's mouth, they are the winds that people blow upon us and they they allow our attention to be distracted because we're thinking about what they're saying and what they're doing. We're allowing the situations in life, the environment, the things around us to to capture our attention and we take our focus off of God. Sometimes the boisterous, because it's loud, it seems dangerous, because it's loud, it seems like we're in trouble. But let me tell you, when Jesus is there, it doesn't matter how boisterous the loud one in the room is, because everything will be all right. We've we've got to learn how to have peace in the midst of the storm. We've got to learn how to enjoy the presence of God. You know, back when I was in college, there uh, was a time when I first got there to the university. I'm a freshman, and I, I, I commuted. I lived off campus, so therefore, unlike other students between classes, I didn't have a room to go to and, and take a nap. And so I had to, uh, when, I, when I first started, I had to learn how to go into uh, uh, what, what, what we call our student unions. And there were two student unions, and I would go to both of them, and one of them was extremely loud. There, was no, there were really no quiet places. Wherever you went, you'd hear people and you'd see people that they'd be talking or studying or walking or or eating or whatever. There would always be some type of distraction around. And I I was a commuter. I didn't have any place to go uh, to rest and to have a nap. I had to find a a public space so that I could sit down and read or sit down. And and sometimes, believe it or not, I take a nap in the midst of all of the things going on. But, but in time, I realized after the first few weeks of wasting time, because I would sit and, and I would allow all of the distractions to catch my attention. I, I would look up every time somebody would walk by. I would listen to all of the conversations around me. I'd, I'd be doing all kinds of things. And my, my attention wasn't on my work. It wasn't on, on my school work. And so I had to learn how to go into a crowded room where people were loud and talking and where there were conversations and where there were folks walking and all of that. And I had to learn how to sit and focus on my work. Now, in the beginning, there were times when I would have to read something two or three times and then I would then begin to, don't call me crazy, but I'd have to talk to myself for a minute. Now, get yourself together. You got to focus on this. You got to do this. Forget that. And the more that. I trained myself to shut all of that other stuff out, the better I got at focusing on what I was doing. And even to this day, I've been blessed by, by those skills that the Lord had allowed me to, 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 to grasp because even today there's so many preachers that get distracted because the baby's crying, get distracted because the door is open, and yet the Lord has blessed me. It don't make me no difference. You can be walking, talking, chewing gum, whatever. When I get ready to do what God has called me to do to preach the word of God, because I believe that when we keep our focus on God and get our work done, then in the end we'll be successful. We've got to learn how not to let the elements of our environment, we've got to learn how not to let all of that distract us. We've got to learn how not to let our phobias, our fears uh, grasp us in such a way that we can no longer see Jesus at the center of our lives. Mm. You, you've got to be able to focus on the Lord. And, and, that, that, and what I would need you to understand is that that might not happen overnight. Peter was distracted uh, by the winds. Peter was was distracted by the boisterous winds. He was uh, distracted by the noise, by the activity of the winds. We get distracted by the activities of the winds, what people are saying and the hatred in the world. Uh, We get distracted by the winds, what the doctors say and what the lawyers say and what Congress is saying. What we need to ask is what is Jesus saying? It is Jesus that we must focus on. The waves are inconsequential when Jesus is in the center of our situation. And so Peter steps down off of the boat and he begins to allow these winds to to distract him. And then he becomes fearful. How many times have we become fearful based on the things that we hear and not even the things that we feel? Here, this is, this is clearly not a situation that is about the physical. It does not say that the, the waters began to, 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 to jump up around him and pull him down into the sea. It does not say that, that the wind was so strong that it blew him into the sea or, or blew him away with the sea. There was no hurricane out there. Uh, there, there was no wind. That the, the text tells us it was blowing him anywhere. Uh, what he heard was the boisterous winds. Oh, he heard the boisterous winds. It was based on what he heard, not what he felt. Mm. It was based on what he heard and not what he felt. He The, the boisterous winds, he paid attention to the sound. He paid attention to the boisterous winds and that caused him to become fearful and then he began to sink. Let me explain this again. You see, Peter came down out of the boat to walk just as Jesus is walking. He's requested of Jesus. Could he walk like him? Jesus says, okay, come on to me. Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk toward Jesus. He hears the boisterous winds and all of a sudden he becomes fearful. His fear, as it begins to sink into his heart, he begins to sink into the sea and he then needs to be rescued. Oh, I wish you could get this. He's out there on the sea and he begins to hear the boisterous winds. They're not uh, pushing him. They're not blowing him. They're not pulling him. He just begins to notice the boisterous winds because he notices them. He becomes fearful. He becomes fearful and then he begins to sink. And so you ask me, well, pastor, why did you just tell me that twice? Because I need you to understand that most of the stuff that really affects us It's truly our phobias. It is our mental state. It is our our mental effect. It is not about the physical. It is not about what's actually going on in the physical. It's not the reality. It is the faith that we have in the phobia. It is the faith that we have in our phobias. It is the faith that we have in our fears. And when we have faith in our fear, we lack faith in our God. We can't uh, we can't afford to have faith in our fear. Uh, But but notice that that the faith in fear oftentimes happens just like the faith in God, because Romans 10 tells us that faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. You know, the preacher preaches and and the preacher brings forth the message of God so that our faith might increase through the hearing of God's word. When we hear God's word, our faith increases. See, many of us think that it's a physical thing that we have to start in the physical. But what has to happen is we must start in the spiritual and then the physical will follow. Mm. Let me bring you a real world uh, uh, event right now that's happening today. Uh, all over our country there are people who are protesting and they're bothered. They want them to pull down statues, they want them to take down flags, they want them to do all of that. And let me tell you that people can pull down flags, people can pull down statues, and hearts still be dirty and nasty and filthy, and there can still be hearts that are uh, uh, uncircumcised before the Lord. And so what we want, what we should want, is we should want a change of the heart. Because when there's a change of the heart you won't have to ask anybody to take down a statue. If there's a change of the heart, you won't have to ask anybody to take down a flag. If there's a change of the heart, then we can really begin to unify and allow the Lord's love to move from heart to heart and breast to breast and to really become a nation that is truly under God, indivisible with the power of Jesus Christ leading us and guiding us. We need to recognize that just the outer and the physical is not enough. We need a a spiritual change. We need a spiritual revolution. We need a spiritual transformation. God is leading us and guiding us us and giving us the word, and the word increases our faith, and our faith must be in God and not in our fears. We must uh, have a change of the heart in order for a change of the physical, and so it's not based on what's happening to Peter in the physical. In fact, what is happening in the physical should have made him shout, in the physical, he's standing on water. But he allows what he, what he perceives and what he hears. He, he allows the belligerence of the wind to take his attention off of the God who controls the wind. We are challenged to trust God even when we can't fully understand or comprehend the movements of God. To trust God even when the other voices are saying that we shouldn't. To to trust God even when the situation seems to still be a problem. To trust God even when it seems that all else is failing and falling around us. To trust God when everybody else stayed in the boat and you jumped out. To trust God when uh, it seems unbelievable favorable in the in in the particular season that you're living in. And so we've got to learn how to lean and depend on the Lord. We've got to learn how to reject the phobia in order to embrace the cheer that comes with Jesus. We gotta learn how to trust God. We gotta learn how to, how to trust God and know that God has our best intentions at heart. We can become the, we can become uh, as Christ as we desire to be like Peter, to walk out on the water. But lest I hold you too long, I need to remind you again that these were uh, men who were not uh, strangers to the sea. They understood the nautical ways of the world. They understood uh, how to deal with the sea. And yet uh, here with their skills and with all of their profession, they are having some problems. And then there's the Jesus coming toward the boat, the ship in the middle of the night. And Peter uh, calls out to Jesus to want to be like him, to walk on the water. Jesus tells him to come. Peter's out there. He becomes afraid because of the boisterous wind. Some of us today, we become afraid because of the things that we're hearing, because of the things that affect us. And we don't uh, always embrace the ideology and understanding that we not need to hear the word of God. We need God's word so that our faith might be increased uh, through the preaching of God's word. We need the word to lead us and guide us, to give us strength each and every day. And I tell you today, as we look into this particular text, we can see the frailty of man, but the power of God. We can see that all of us have uh, those moments where we want to do and we try to do. And yet without God, uh, we can do nothing. We, we must lean and depend on the Lord for everything and in every situation in our lives. Here, here is Peter out there, big, strong, young man who understands the ways of the water. And yet he's afraid. All of us get afraid sometimes. All of us have our own boogeyman. Even after uh, we become adults, there's certain things that we're afraid of. Used to tell mama, turn on the light. We're scared of the dark. And here these men are out in the sea, and they're they're scared. They're they're afraid. These men that are used to, and their profession is, uh, their training has led them to understand the ways of the water. Here Peter is standing out on the water, but I'm glad today that no matter how old we get, we can still call on the Lord. Peter found himself sinking with his focus off of God, and you know there are times when uh, people get mad at you because you're not perfect. People get bothered because you're sinking. But but I'm glad today that God continues to love us even in the moments when we're failing. And Peter knew what to do. Peter called on the Lord, save me, Lord. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life where you knew that God is there in your life and you were sinking and falling and you had to holler out, save me, Lord. I need you, Lord. Maybe that's your day-to-day. You need the Lord to save you. Uh, We've been uh, focusing on so many other things and maybe your mind has been trapped by your bills and your situation. Your mind has been trapped on pandemic. Your mind has been uh, trapped on government stimulus or whatever your mind might be occupied by. Uh, we need to take our mind off of that and begin to focus on our Lord. Because when we focus on the Lord, when we began to simply say, God, save me, I-, I need you to save me from my relationships. I need you to save me from my financial situation. I need you to save me from my health situation. And don't you know that just in the nick of time, just in this text, we see as God's hand. through Jesus as he reached out and he picked up uh, Peter from the angry waves. I'm glad today that one day out on Calvary, he picked us all up from those angry waves and Jesus died for you and me so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Once they got on the ship, the, the, the weather calmed down. And before you know it, Jesus was there and they began to worship God. Uh, there are some folk, they, they see God and they, they, they fail to, to, to think about the great power and the blessings that God brings to us. And Christ uh, was the one that with, with all the power, the one that Christ is the one with the power, the one that uh, showed forth his healing power, that God is great all the time. And so now as they come into the ship, they began to worship. And that's the point where uh, this sermon ends today. Uh, This sermon ends today as we uh, look to the text and know that we can have cheer and not fear. Uh, We can look to the text and know the power of Jesus is yet real. And that we can walk out on the water and follow after the Lord, we can do what the Lord does as long as we keep our attention on God and, and forget about the other things. Allow God to lead us and guide us and put our hand in the master's hand. But, but but even still, there's solace in knowing there's joy in knowing that sometimes we fall, but the Lord will pick us up even again. Save me, Lord. Uh, Peter says, "Save me, Lord. I, I wonder, have you ever been sinking before and needed the Lord to save you? Uh, but then all of a sudden you felt the hand of God lift you out of the angry waves and bring you back to safety. The, and, and when all is done, when the rain has gone and the storms have gone and the thunder has been forgotten and the wind has died down when all has happened we ought to uh, recognize that God has brought us through uh, a part of our problem is far too often we don't recognize when when it's all over with we we go shopping when it's all over with we go fishing when it's all over with we go to the movies when it's all over with uh, we go play basketball but let me tell you uh, when the lord brings you through uh, you ought not put up two fingers and say peace to the lord you ought not say ttyl to the lord you need uh, to to read realize that once the Lord has done something for you and brought you out and done, uh, uh, blessed you and, and been good to you, that it's time for worship. Uh, far too many of us, we, we call on the Lord when we got a problem. We call on the Lord when we want something great to happen in our lives. We call on the Lord when we fall and save me, Lord. But then when it's all over, we forget to show up to worship. Uh, but today we can shout and say, hallelujah in the name of the Lord, because the disciples showed up to worship. They watched God show up and show out and they showed up to worship. They worshiped God. If God has done something for you today, you've watched God work in your life. You've watched God bring healing and resources. You've watched God do it over and over again. In the joy of the Lord, we ought to thank God for what he's done for us. We ought to worship him, and we ought to say hallelujah in his presence. Thank you, God, because you woke me up this morning and started me on my way. Thank you, God, because you touched my body and caused me to run on as clapping in my hands and singing in my voice. And so today, we ought to be glad because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and got up early one morning that we might have cheer and not fear. Somebody ought to say amen. I can't testify for Peter, but I can testify for me uh, that we ought to have cheer and not fear because I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. The souls in danger look above Jesus, completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He, 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 he your Savior, wants to be be saved today. You, you know what lifted me? Love lifted me. That Jesus' love lifted me when, when nothing else would help. Love lifted me. Love, yes, love lifted me when nothing else would help. Love lifted me. That's the testimony today that will keep us uh, in cheer and not fear. To know that the love of God has lifted us from the angry waves and from the battering winds Uh, and God has blessed us to be able to have the example of Jesus who walked out on the water, who allowed Peter for a moment to walk on the water and then when Peter began to sink, he saved him from the water. The testimony today brings us joy that we might run on with encouragement to run on past our phobias and our fears because Jesus has brought victory. We're lost in the battle. Jesus has set the captive free and today we are free and free indeed with joy in our heart and somebody ought to just be glad today. Thank the Lord to worship like the disciples because the Lord has brought you out. You have been through this and that and hell and high water and God has brought you out. You've been through surgeries and you've been through financial heartache and bankruptcy and everything else and the Lord has brought you out. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you. You ought to take the time right now just to worship God. You were sinking deep in sin but love lifted you. And for that, you ought to be thankful. You ought to say, God, thank you because you woke me up this morning. Thank you because you turned me around. Thank you because you put my feet on higher ground. Tell the Lord, thank you and be appreciative before God to worship him. Fall on your face and thank God because he is the one who's given us Jesus and eternal life forevermore. If we might walk in the peace and the joy of the Lord beyond the battering waves and wind, have cheer and not fear because it's Jesus. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Church, where we worship virtually on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information or to contribute to this ministry, please visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you and have a great week. Liberty Hill, Living the Bible Together through education, missions, and ministry.